Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Matthew Martinez. Matthew, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So kick it off. Tell our listeners who you are, where you're from. My name is Matthew Martinez. I'm a luxury and investment real estate broker uh, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, all the way up to the Napa Valley. Uh, I've been in real estate for the last eight years now, and I specialize in helping my clients get top dollar with the least amount of stress when they're selling their home. And help streamline the buying process and make it as easy as possible for my clients who are purchasing. Love my it. team and I also, yeah, my team and I also run a program to help investors find under market value investment opportunities as well. Awesome. Seems like a, a unique value prop up there. You're kind of helping everyone, buyers, sellers, investors. What got you into the real estate industry? What was like your first exposure to it? My journey in real estate uh, definitely started in 2009. I was an excited first time home buyer. And actually the realtor that I was working with at the time noticed my passion for real estate and suggested that I start studying and get my license. So took her advice and a little over a year later, I was a licensed real estate agent. That time market was flooded with foreclosures and short sale properties. So a lot of agents were leaving the business, but I was the crazy one that stuck through it. And here we are today. That's awesome. And that probably is what helps to get you into the investment side a little bit more than the average agent. Most definitely. Yeah. I, I have some clients that send me a lot of repeat and referral business that I've been working with them on uh, investments for years now. Bless That's you. awesome. Oh, thank you. I uh, muted because I felt it coming. So, <laughs> but he saw me. Um, what was your transaction volume last year? Just so we can give the listeners a, a con- some context of you know wh- where you're at now. 52 close sides. Okay. Awesome. And a luxury market, that's huge. And you know, what advice would you give to a broker team leader out there that's doing like 20 sides and wants to level up to 40, 50? Honestly, for me to make the step up from, you know, from the 20 transactions, which are where I was kind of stuck at for a few years there was just getting my systems in place. I was able to just increase my production and and convert leads better and generate more leads as well, uh, just by having systems in place for lead follow-up and lead generation. Awesome. 
Let's talk about it. I run a marketing agency that helps with automated lead generation and follow-up. I noticed that was the biggest problem in the real estate industry, with especially with the old seasoned teams, with a 55-year-old broker who's great on the phone and you know he's trying to scale his brokerage, but he can't because he doesn't have those systems, right? So four years ago, that's why I started my company and it's, it's then since then grown every year since. And I'm curious what you use you know, it, for your follow-up systems, for your your lead generation, because those types of systems are so critical. They are. I, I agree a hundred percent. So um, I have a team that helps me. I mean, we do everything from pretty similar to what, to what your company does. Uh, just a lot of online marketing, pay-per-click ads, a lot of YouTube. Um, Instagram has been huge for me. Um, and then we have a lot of retargeting which is huge. It's just brand recognition and name name recognition. We call them, we text them, we email them, do voicemail drops, a little bit of everything. So we're just getting as many touches on them as possible. Got it. Okay. And are you doing acquisition ads on social media as well or primarily retargeting? I know you mentioned PPC, but um, most, on, on most, social? Most, yeah, mostly re- retargeting and then just pushing them back to the website and, and squeeze pages and getting their info and just just staying in front of them as in many places as possible. Got it. Okay. And, you know, with your entrepreneurial journey, because, you know, every real estate professional at the core is really an entrepreneur and, and a business owner. Um, what's the single most important action you take on a daily basis that attributes most to your success? Honestly, having a strong and purposeful morning routine sets the tone for my whole day. And it's been a complete game changer for me. I wake up around 4.35 o'clock every morning, drink my celery juice, meditate, say my affirmations, and set my intentions and goals for the day before I get a workout in. Never used to be a, a morning person, so you know, sticking to this routine has drastically helped change my, my lifestyle, my mindset. Awesome. Morning routine is a common answer there. So yeah. for those of you out there that are listening and you don't have your morning routine dialed in, <laughs> maybe take some notes, right? Get that morning routine dialed in, get some physical activity, get some meditation, and uh, maybe some goal setting for the day, whatever it is. But yeah, that is key. And I would agree hey. 100%. Awesome. So what's your percentage of referral business to new business? It's like 80, Just 20, 50, 50. Yeah, so we're just a little over eighty percent repeat and referral business, um, and then the rest came from you know online ads, a little bit of cold calling and door knocking. COVID kind of slowed all that down, so I've been able to spend more time just hit, hitting the online marketing even harder. Got it. Okay. And what systems do you have in place to increase the amount of referrals that you get? Because eighty percent, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, it is, um, and it wasn't always like that. So I, you know, I have a all my past clients and referral sources are in my email database. So they're getting an email from me once a week, full of marketing information, new listings, off-market investment opportunities, uh, local events, and just happenings in the area. Uh, I also try to call them at least once a quarter. They get their birthday cards, anniversary cards. I always try to comment on their social media posts, and I always reach out when they have a big event happen in their lives or they go on a trip, call them to see how their trip was. I've gotten numerous referrals just from calling people to follow up and just see how they're doing, not even real estate related and say, oh, my cousin's thinking about selling their place and relocating and just just staying top of mind. Awesome. Yep. The classics, right? Staying on top of mind, call every quarter, gifts. And with social media nowadays, all I got to do is log in, friend your clients and Pay attention. <laughs> yep, exactly. I mean, it's it's just take. I mean, I have time blocked out on my 
on my calendar every day to do that, mm. you know, and just continue to stay engaged with them. Yeah, it's a valuable activity. And I mean, you spend 30 minutes a day on that, an hour. What's the time frame that you put towards that? 20, usually 20 okay. minutes a day. That's good. It's disciplined. It's like you're in 20 minute timer. Boom, I'm going to comment, like, and just go hard for 20 minutes on social media. And then it's off. Okay, done. Like shut it for the rest of the day. Kind of thing. Yep. No, that it's, that's exactly how it is. Because I found myself when I first started doing it, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't always get done. I My day gets gets busy. You know, my attention goes somewhere else. So as long as I have it in my calendar, 20 minutes, boom, get it done. You know, it's just a, a lead generation activity and just you got to stay consistent with it. Yep. And that's what it comes down to. So where do you think the industry is heading? I mean, you have a brokerage, you're helping investors. You got to have a, your finger on the pulse to a certain degree. And so you mentioned the flood of foreclosures that followed the 2008 and 9 recession. You know, what do you think is going to happen after this this massive expansion decade we just went through? And that was then capped by like the, the capstone of that expansion decade was a slight dip with COVID-19 and then a just takeoff with stimulus and housing prices just going through the roof, right? So now it's like, what's going to happen in the next two to five years? Like, what are your, what are your projections? Yeah, I think, well, once the forbearance period's over with in my market with a lot of sellers who are on the fence right now, um, a lot of people, I mean, I'm seeing a drastic amount of people who just want to cash out and get their equity out and sell and, and relocate. So we're going to see a lot. Of, we're going to see an influx of inventory, which we've had a serious lack of lately. Um, so that'll be interesting to to see where that goes on the buyer side of things. You know, I love the internet. My clients nowadays are so educated; they know so much. They try to school me on things on a regular basis. So I think the consumer is just going to continue to to get more and more educated. But it, it'll be interesting to see how a lot of these millennials and just the buying trends moving forward when there's more of an influx of, of inventory. Cause we saw a lot of buyer fatigue with, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 offers on some of these homes. A lot of people got fatigued, backed out. But uh, once we get an influx of inventory here, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting ride. Got it. And, you know, part of me hopes so. Part of me hopes that things will correct a little bit. We'll get a flood of inventory. It feels like the natural cycle of things but exactly. nothing has been normal about the last two years. And, uh, <laughs> you know, housing prices are through the roof. Lumber has tripled, lots, huge shortage of housing, not just in the last year or two, but in the last 10 years we're underbuilt. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens um, in the next two to five. Yeah, well, that, that lack of, of new construction for that span of time was what kind of led us to this extreme lack of inventory. Exactly. So... What's been your number one most profitable lead generation source other than referrals? You know, it would have to be my online lead generation. What you know, specifically? So are you talking PPC? Social media and PPC. You know, we've spent a lot of time on, on SEO, which the organic traffic is the best in, in my opinion, even better than some of the, uh, the PPC and then just some of the, the redirecting ads that we do. So yeah, I mean, I, like I said, we try to hit every online avenue we, we possibly can. But the I would say the the best, the my highest conversion rates would have to be the organic uh, online traffic. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, there's just such a difference between someone who's, you know, interrupted in their in their day and kind of clicks through. Usually someone who does that, like a social media lead, 
they're farther down the funnel. It's not that they're not a human being with a house to sell or a human being with a good credit score that wants to buy a house, but they might be 12 months out. They're just exactly. barely beginning to think about it. Exactly. Someone who's deep, they've read 15 minutes of your blog and they're exactly. deep in it about a certain neighborhood, they're like way farther down the funnel. <laughs> yep. So, exactly. so yeah, it's just, a, it's an intent thing. It's, it's a, you know, it's not that one's necessarily better or worse. SEO takes a ton of time and resources to get to that point, right? PPC sure. leads are notoriously more expensive. So it's like, you can get a ton of inexpensive leads from social media that are farther out and stack the funnel, stack the pipeline. And then you can also have, if the budget affords it, these other strategies that are a little bit more down funnel. And exactly. you know, that's the winning combo in my opinion is doing all of it. That's why that's why that's what I've focused on. Exactly. You just nailed it right there. That's why I focused on doing everything. And like you said, SEO, it, it took a long time. It's a it's not a quick results type of thing, but you know, our website has, you know, really high domain authority and and uh, just launching a new blog here. So those are the best leads, you know. Like you said, they're ready to go for the most part. Right. So what do you do for your clients that nobody else does in the industry uh, that you know of? Is there any secret sauce you're willing to share? Yeah, I mean, we're it's still in, in the development stage, but um, we have my team and I is working on a in AI technology to essentially. I mean, we're, it's helping us generate more more motivated seller leads. Um, it's using um, a couple different algorithms. My team's been working on to determine who is next on the on the block to most likely be ready to sell so that's kind of been our secret sauce we've also used it for our buyers to find off-market investment opportunities but especially with this last year and a half you know going up against 10 15 20 plus offers has been very challenging for some of the buyers so we've been utilizing this technology in certain neighborhoods where they're looking to find off-market properties and we were able to close i think six or seven deals last year from doing so instead of, you know, basic farming stuff, which also works, but it's a little, little different process. Yeah. That's interesting. Is that a proprietary system with your algorithms? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we looked at a a few different, you know, other companies and what they were doing and talked with my team and figured out how we can kind of make our own adjustments to it and and see what improvements we can make. Yeah. That's really Awesome. I mean, from an investment standpoint, that sounds like a very unique value proposition for investors to be working with you because you have a proprietary algorithm that's sourcing motivated sellers that are likely to sell. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It still goes back to the, you know, once we, once we get that initial touch on them and they, they come to the website, it's just retargeting them. And, and, you know, so it's, it's using all the different avenues, but to find those leads in the first place or people that would be more susceptible to sell has been valuable. And I think, you know, the more adjustments we make, make on it, improvements we make on it, it's just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. Makes sense. And throughout your career, what are one to three books that you've read that have greatly influenced it or your life? I mean, my top one would would have to be the four hour work week. Um, I I'm that's, that's just a a classic. I'm on audible all the time. I have, if I'm not listening to podcasts like yours, I'm on audible listening to a little bit of everything. That would have to be my my number one, the four four hour week week. I'm sure you've heard that plenty of times, but that's my uh, that's I have it my in hard too. copy. I have it yeah. in audio copy. I've given it as gifts. It's so like a I. text textbook for me. Yeah, and that's why you're so tech savvy. 
I yeah. Mean, and I like, you know, to what you were saying and why you started your company. When I first got into this, some of the most successful agents, they were amazing on the phone. They could barely work their computer. So, you know, I like to be efficient. So, you know, there's just uh, too much technology out there and too many resources out there to develop your own technology. The, you got to tap into it. Life can be so, so much easier than, than hitting the phones. Yeah, all day, absolutely. Every day. Absolutely. And, you know, you still need those skills to close the sale when it comes to you. But as far as attraction and bringing people to you, I mean, you got to go where people's eyeballs are. Exactly. We're no longer the gatekeepers of information. Exactly. The information is out there and consumers are looking at it every day on apps that are free. And yep. <laughs> so if you're not yep. also in that digital space competing against the the iBuyers in the same way, running ads that get in front of people at the beginning of their journey, fishing upstream, if you're not doing that too, I mean, you're going to be a relic here pretty soon because the, the agents that are doing it are continuing to keep up in advance. And the ones that aren't are, I think, seeing their market share uh, crumble around them. Exactly. Yeah, I've definitely stepped on on people's toes, so to say, you know, that they were working with a seller or talking with someone, but got that seller to my website. And then I just was all over them, got, you know, probably yeah. 15, 20 touches on them. And next thing you know, they're signing a listing agreement with me. You know, I now be, that's the way to go. So that, you know, now, now a lot of times when I meet people for the first time, they already know who I am. They've yeah. seen me, they follow me on social media. They've been to the website, they'll read the blog. They already know what's going on. They know who I am. They know the way I work. So I, just a, being everywhere and, and getting all those touches on, on potential clients is so important. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. If I'm going to book a car service to drive me from the airport in Kenya to the Giraffe Manor in Nairobi, am I going to book the car service that has no online reviews that I just heard, maybe heard of from a friend, but seems kind of outdated, website looks weird? Or am I going to go with the one that has their own app that has 300 five-star reviews that the moment I went on their site, they retargeted me all over social media. I'm going to go with the one that looks more legit because exactly. <laughs> my life's on the line, right? I'm in a dangerous country. I want to be safe. Well, when someone is investing, buying or selling their biggest asset, you, they're going to look at it with that kind of, of research, right? Of and like you as said, is, the buyers as, they and the, as they should. And the buyers and the sellers are doing so much research nowadays. So like you said, you love the internet and you're playing into the strengths of it. So I mean, it, this is just a reminder for those out yep. there to not avoid it. Internet's not going away. <laughs> like, let's double down on yep. on the online presence. Yep. And like like I said, I think it's just going to keep getting better and better for us. You know, you, you just have to do a little bit of everything and, and learn all these different avenues. Um, I think that's why a lot of the older agents, it's it's harder for them to grasp. You know, we do literally touch our leads you know, 10, 15 times before they can get on the phone and get a hold of them. You know, they've already seen my name. They've been on the website. They've read the blog. They received a couple emails. They got a text message. They got an automated voicemail drop. We're all over them. Right. And if agents out there need stuff like that, that's literally what my agency was designed to do is to help the older agents to just be able to pay us to do it. I mean, we have an online course where it's DIY, it's more inexpensive and you can do it yourself. But if you're a 55 year old broker, you're not going to do this stuff yourself. So exactly. just pay us, keep us on retainer. We'll keep you updated with all of your online presence and we'll generate ROI because we're actually giving leads and we're building up your database, right? So 
you know, to me, it's a, it's a no brainer, but, um, for the exact reasons that you're mentioning, like, you know, if you don't have this stuff in place, there's no competition. You're literally competing against automation and robots that never sleep, that are always ready to send that text, to send that voicemail drop, to do those 15 touches, whether they feel like it or not, where, you know, when you have a vacation or a wedding or you don't feel like it and you're not making those calls, that stuff isn't happening. Right. So it's just, it's just a night and day difference. I agree. I agree. How has a failure or an apparent failure set you up for later success? You know, do you have like a favorite failure of yours? I don't have a favorite failure of mine, but my mentality, I I learned from everything, good, bad, ugly. I wouldn't say, I mean, I I fail at things all the time. I make mistakes all the time. And I just really try to focus on on learning from it. Just just all the everyday little things, not handling things properly, not getting into learning how to generate leads online sooner. You know, I mean, this is, I could have done this years and years and years ago in the beginning of my career. But it took me, you know, took me a handful of years to even start start playing with it. And, and then once I really figured it out, I was like, okay, this is this is where it's at. So you'd say get started sooner than 100%. you would have. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Makes sense. What's one of the best or most worthwhile investments you ever made? It could be non-monetary. It could be a specific property. You know, you can kind of take it wherever you want. But I'm always fascinated to ask this question. My first single family home that I ever bought and flipped was a complete nightmare. And I would say that was, that was my, my most valuable. I learned so much from that experience. It was crazy. Probably Priceless got. education. Exactly. I mean, it, it was a nightmare, but uh, made money in the end, but I could have made no money. And I just, the amount of value that I got from that experience and being hands-on and dealing with people and just uh, the ins and outs of, of flipping houses and just being in that, in that realm was priceless. And it's also led me to, you know, working with a lot of other investors that are still to this day doing the same thing. Got it. It's kind of like your rite of passage. Exactly. So what are some bad recommendations you hear given to real estate professionals? Just like you said, trying to do everything yourself, trying to do everything yourself. You know, I, I hear, I hear that all the time, like, Oh, just, just figure it out on your own. You know, and and a lot of times people don't, don't want to make that initial investment. But when, mm. but once you do, it's a, it's a game changer. Jim Rohn talks about the true cost. So he was having a seminar, someone in the front row, you know, he said, how much did your TV cost you? He said, oh, $400. I have a nice TV. And this was in the nineties or something. I mean, that's an expensive TV. And he said, you know, I bet it costs you more than $400 because think about the hours that you're sitting down watching that TV when you could be reading a book. You could be listening to a tape. You could be bettering yourself. And he said, I estimate the true cost is about $100,000 per year, every year, as long as you own it. <laughs> and the guys, he, he like got up and, you know, said, oh, I'm today I'm having my cousin pull that out in the truck, whatever. And, and he uh, took the TV away. And sure enough, then he spent that time investing in himself and then, you know, got wealthy. So, yeah, I think that's uh, a key thing to, to note. I like so that one. What's your, uh, what's your process for evaluating what to say no to? I had a hard time saying no to a, to a lot of things in the past. Um, so now at this point, I wouldn't say that I have a process per se, but I know how to analyze a situation quicker and more efficiently now. And I just go with my gut. If, it's, if I don't think it's going to be beneficial or worth my time, I know that I can spend my time doing something else that is going to be beneficial for me. 
So I, I've learned to say no and just trust my gut and go with it. Mm, and just not second guess it. Yep. Nice. And when you're dealing with a million things, you feel overwhelmed or unfocused. What questions do you ask yourself to get back on track? I don't necessarily ask myself questions, but I sit down and I, I read my goals. And that, that kind of mm. just centers me and brings me back, especially when it's a crazy, hectic day like, we, like today, like we were just talking about to just sit down and, and look at my goals and both long-term and short-term and just focus and say, okay, this is, this is what I'm here to do. And it just kind of automatically kind of resets me and I just focus and buckle down again. Nice. Love that. And really it's so valuable to have your goals either written down or in front of you. And <laughs> I, I've been listening to Jim Rohn lately. So he's on the top of my mind. He, he talks about like, what is a goal? And he's like, it's simple as this. You want something? Write it down. <laughs> Once the pen touches paper, it's a goal. Don't overthink it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I actually I have my quarterly and yearly goals written down and laminated and it's on my desk and it's in my uh, in my briefcase. So I can pull it out and look at it and it's just kind of like a, a reminder all the time. Nice. It's like your one this, sheet. This, yep. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? I got to go back to the to my morning routine. It's been a game changer for me. It really has. Yeah, I used I, to. Uh, I just it, it's. I wake up now and I have purpose and focus. And whereas before, like I said, I was not a morning person and I I struggled to get going. And now I hit the ground running every day. And it seems like when you said I'm not a morning person you identified with that in the past and it was hindering you hundred percent, but you were able to then make a decision, change that. And now you say you hit the ground running every day. Like now that's your identity that you've stepped into. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the lifestyle that I've, I've adapted to. And it, it took me a while. Like I said, before I got into real estate, I was a bartender and a server. So it was more late nights and, and sleeping in. And in, in the beginning of my career, I knew it's what I wanted to do. So I couldn't do it part-time. I had to go go full throttle. So it was, it was an adjustment, but well worth it in the end. That's awesome. And I totally understand that mentality and building momentum towards more, being more of a night owl. But in real estate, it's dangerously easy just to like start your day at 10 and kind of sleep in and right. You have that total freedom. So having more discipline around that, it actually creates much more freedom because here's the paradox. I realized this when I was a sales manager in a commission only uh, sales job. When you are more free with your schedule, typically that means your bank balance is not where you want it to be, <laughs> which actually creates a lot of restriction. But when you're super rigid with your schedule, usually your bank balance is at a much higher level. And when you have a block, we have nothing to do. You truly have nothing to do because you've already gotten everything done and that's freedom. So exactly. it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like a paradox. A lot of people think like, if I'm too rigid with my schedule, I want a flexibility. It's like, actually it creates much more flexibility and comfort and it's so much better. <laughs> There's a reason right. why the most important people in the world have their day scheduled down to the five minute increments because it's that important. I couldn't agree more. I'm not down to the five minutes yet, but I'm, I got pretty much Every 15 minutes is, mm -hmm. uh, is, is blocked out. Yep. Likewise, every 15 to 30 minutes in small blocks all day, just boom, 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 boom. And also along with this, it's easy to then overcommit. So I'm a big believer in buffer time. That helps a ton. 
I have a buffer between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. where I don't let any meetings get booked on my automated calendars. I have a buffer from 12 to 1. Honestly, I don't really use it for lunch, but it's just, it doesn't allow six meetings in a single day back to back, right? It's like, at least I have that hour in the morning, that hour in the middle of the day, and then four to five, same thing. Yep. So I, I only take meetings I from like one, one to three. I only take meetings from 10 to 10 to 11, you know, stuff like that, where it creates that flexibility and, and that way I can really focus on what's most important that day. Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I do pretty much the same thing and it also helps me from getting burnt out and it just also helps mm. me to kind of reset and refocus sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to expand upon from earlier? I No, I, I think we did pretty good. We hit everything. I would, my only thing that I would love to touch on one more time is the other thing that's helped me up my production and continue to up my production is to just to focus on the relationships over the transactions. The more I focus on my relationships with my clients and my sphere, the more transactions I do. I think in the beginning for me, I was focusing on getting the deal done, getting the deal done. But now I focus on the relationships and, and the deals just come. They flow so much easier. Love that. Focus on the relationships more than the transactions. Well, how can listeners contact you? You can find me on social media, uh, the Matthew Martinez. Instagram's the best place to get me. You can always shoot me an email. Just, just Google me. Awesome. Matthew Martinez, everyone. Real estate professional crushing it in the Napa Valley, San Francisco area of California. And whether you're an investor, buyer, or seller, make sure to reach out if you're in that area or interested in investing in that area. And also, if you're an agent, you have a referral to send, reach out because she seems like a top team out there that can definitely take care of them. Thanks for being on the show, Matthew. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You got it. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free Ultimate Real Estate Goal Setting Framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.